Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. Uh, she is an investment uh, advisor. She's written books. She's a speaker. She's got her own easing, all kinds of things. Uh, welcome to the show, Natalie. Hi, Jordan. Nice to be here. Nice to be with you. Uh, just tell us a little bit about your background before we get into some of the investment ideas you have. Okay, great. And I'm, uh, I have to clarify this. I am not an investment advisor. I am uh, what I call Forbes, not Schwab. So I do forensic investigative financial analysis. I don't money manage money for people. So I pick stocks. I've done that for 14 years. I've been named the number one stock picker. Um, I have a track record that's been saving homes and nest eggs for more, te- more than 14 years while earning that ranking. And I've been having a lot of fun doing it. Excellent. Very good. Let's talk about your methodology. Now, every year you come up with your kind of pick of the year. Before we get into the specific ones, how do you go about picking the one stock you think is going to do best in the coming year? Well, let's put it this way. Definitely having 14 years of doing this doesn't hurt. And I also pick the company of the month. So I have a whole cadre of companies that I'm really interested in. Um, and in, in general, they tend to be companies that are a little bit emerging, something that w- that's hot. Now, having said that, you know, I've had everything from some of the hottest clean energy stocks to Taser International back in 2003, which was one of my top performers that earned 9,000% gains to U.S. Gold, which earned up to 19 times gains. I picked Google at the IPO. So what I do is I I take a look at some of these hot companies that we might be interested in anyway, and then I try to pick the one that is going to be the leader in that industry. So if I think that we're going to um, you know, be interested in gold because we're living in a debt world, then I'm going to try to pick a company that I think is underpriced and is going to really outperform. And um, those qualities, um, you know, I, we'll, we'll talk about the various ways that we actually go in and do that forensic analysis on them. But what, we, what I found is that if it's a, a hot industry and you pick the hottest company and you buy it at a good price, it's a pretty winning combo. Very good. So let's talk about 2013. What was your stock of the year in 2013 and how did it do? Uh, that was Beidou, and that doubled within eight months, and it's still going strong. It's still gone up even higher. So um, it's doing well. And what's interesting about Beidou is that it's a perennial, perennial favor favorite. But when I went and put it on as my company of the year in 2013, it had fallen out of favor because they thought they couldn't figure out how to monetize mobile. And um, I started, I was really watching the stock. I was listening to their earnings calls and I was uh, looking at some of their acquisitions and their PE fell to three, which is unheard of. I mean, it's probably above 50 now because it's so popular. So their PE fell to three because it was very unpopular. People figured thought they hadn't figured it out. I got the memo once they made this one strategic acquisition, which was similar to Priceline. So uh, people in China book all their travel by their mobile phone. So this was an acquisition that was going to be a game changer for them and was going to bring in the revenue they needed. And so I picked it when it was trading at that 3 PE. It was trading at uh, about $85 a share. It's now, what, I don't know, maybe close to 190 a share. And so you still like Baidu, uh, even though it's gone up so much since you got it? Well, I I have actually taken profits on it. So, yeah, I think it's a great company. But uh, in this market, in today's world, actually, it's at 218 today. I've taken my profits. But, you know, you can do whatever you want with it. I wouldn't be buying it at that price, not in today's world. Okay. And let's talk about your 214, 2014 company of the year. What was that? And also, again, the methodology that you used to pick it. 
So to my 2014 company of the year is a company called McEwen Mining. And, um, and this is another company that's a perennial favorite. It, it was actually my 2009 company of the pick as U.S. Gold. So they changed their name. It went up 19 times as U.S. Gold. And then it pulled back. Now, the reason I love this company, there's many reasons. But one of them is this. This CEO has over two decades in the, the gold mining business. He invented a strategy called um, the uh, Gold Corp Principle. So he knows how to find gold reserves when other people don't know how to find them. He does open sourcing. He does whatever he needs to do, and he always finds those gold reserves. He took Gold Corp, which was a Canadian company, from a 500 million market cap to over a 10 billion market cap. So this is a guy that knows how to get it done. And what he's done with... um, McEwen Mining is he's aggregated a bunch of junior miners. They're based out of the United States. So his goal is to get an S&P 500 listing because there aren't that many gold miners that are actually based out of the U.S. Another thing is gold, um, you know, as we know, gold has pulled back since 2011, which was when it was at its high. What a lot of people don't understand is that the price of gold is only pulled back about 30%. The price of the gold mining stocks have pulled back 75%. So they're really undervalued in my view. If gold goes up, I think gold miners go up much sharper and much faster than the price of gold. So that's what I'm buying. So with McEwen Mining is basically uh, buying a lot of other gold mining companies and combining into one bigger company. Is that the idea? Yeah, that's the idea. So both through, but he's also producing on his own. He's also expanding on on his own. Um, He has properties in Nevada. He has one of the biggest properties in Nevada next to one of the biggest gold reserves in Nevada that's owned by Barrick. He also has a mine in Argentina and another big gold mine in and silver mine in Mexico that he's actually expanding. So he's really uh, he he went from an exploration company, which was what U.S. Gold was, to an actual gold producer in the last two years. And I think that he will meet his S and P five hundred uh, goal, which is he hopes to get an, a listing by twenty sixteen. So I think that between now and twenty sixteen, or at least until he gets that S and P five hundred listing, we will see volatility. Uh, until you know, Wall Street really discovers that this guy is a major league player in this industry, which he is due to his legacy and what he's able to do, and he's so re- well respected, he can attract the top talent. So it sounds like management really is key in in looking at a company uh, more than its individual assets. You're looking at management first, almost. No, I'm not first. I have four questions. I, I do what I do is I apply what I call a three ingredient recipe for cooking up profits. Now, the re- the three ingredient recipe works in any asset, folks. It works in stocks, bonds, uh, real estate, Beanie Babies, classic cars. It's very simple, and it is start with what you know, pick the leader. And then buy low, sell high. And they have to be taken in order. There's no reason to worry about the price of something before you understand uh, what it is that they do and also whether or not they're going to be the leader in their industry. So knowing um, uh, now in order to pick the leader, I use two different tools. One is a stock report card. And um, folks, that's listed in my book, uh, Put Your Money Where Your Heart Is, which is also called You Versus Wall Street and Paperback. So the stock report card is there. It includes debt. So you have to really understand 
the um, the balance sheet of what's going on, both the revenue growth and the profit margins, as well as the debt, because sometimes you can have something that looks better than it is, and it's really loaded with debt. And if that debt is coming due, you could be in trouble. So you have to know all of the balance sheet. And then the other thing I use is what I call the four questions. So the four questions really help you determine the winner. The first one is you really have to know what their product is. You have to know who the customer is. You have to know why the customers like that product the best in order to know if it's going to be the leader. And then the fourth question is who's managing it. Because if you have, a lot of times that will be the thing that I will not invest in. For instance, I'll give you an example of a company that I wasn't that interested in, which was super hot. Everybody was playing Farmville a few years ago during the Zynga IPO. And that particular uh, CEO and chairman had been the chairman of a, and CEO of a company called Tribe.com when Facebook, MySpace uh, were both you know, trying to launch. And it was the one that didn't make it. And I just didn't have faith in this CEO and this chairman, plus they were losing, um, you know, $500 million a year on average. So I didn't believe in this stock. And I, I basically said, hey, do not participate in this IPO. And that turned out to be a great call, too. So sometimes what you don't uh, invest in can be one of your better calls, or you can short it if you're so into that. It's kind of a combination of all those different factors, yes. Before we go to a break, just tell people about your Website and easing, what can they uh, get, what are, what's free and what's uh, paid in, in, at your website? Okay, fantastic. And we'll set up a special code for you. So be sure to use the promo code MONEYANSWERS. We'll set up that code so that you can get six months free of the easing. Uh, we charge $95 a month, so that's worth a lot of money. That's worth almost 600 bucks right there. Also, uh, the, you'll get my stock tips in the easing. You'll get a monthly teleconference. And the basic thing, your best bet, is just to come to the investor retreat. There, we can just do a complete money makeover. My next one has just 12 people in a boardroom setting. So you get one-on-one access to me for three full days. And that price, honestly, is quite a bargain. So we'll make sure that we get you a great deal on everything with the promo code money answers very good we're going to take a break uh, this is jordan goodman of the money answer show my guest this hour is natalie pace um, she's got newsletters and you can see she's got lots of interesting ideas on picking stocks we'll be back after this Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Houston Real Estate Radio with Shannon Register. Tuesdays at 10 Eastern, 1 Pacific on Voice America's Variety Channel. As we have transitioned into a healthier housing market, supply has not been able to keep up with demand. 
appraisals struggle to keep up with rising prices, and lenders have overcorrected their loose lending practices. We track all this and more so you don't have to. HoustonRealEstateRadio.com Listen for exclusive clips from Oprah's upcoming Super Soul Sunday series on Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. Then be sure to watch Oprah's Super Soul Sunday on OWN Network TV at 11 a.m. 10 Central every Sunday. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. Uh, she has got a newsletter. Uh, she uh, talks about an investment advisory with different stocks. She's got all kinds of things. Her website is nataliepace.com. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Hi. Nice to be back. We talked about uh, McEwen Mining being your st- company of the year so far, which is in the gold mining area. What is your general outlook on gold? And we've had all these geopolitical events. You think gold would be soaring right now, but it, it hasn't been doing that much lately. Uh, no, it hasn't. But it's also low volume time on Wall Street, so we have we you know we have to wait for everybody to come back on vacation before we know what people think about gold versus stocks. But one thing that people should be very aware of is that the stock market is lower this right now than it did at the start of the year. Also, this is one of the years that's traditionally an underperforming year. Like if you look at the four year election cycle, it's an underperforming year. All of the debt, um, all of the you know turmoil in the world, that can be very heavy weight on the stock market as well. So what I would say to people is that it's really not a good strategy to try to market time these things. Having said that, what I do in my nest egg pie charts is that I basically diversify you. And what we do is we do... Um, We do small, medium, large value and growth, but we also add in four hot industries and we make sure that you have enough safe. And that strategy has actually been what's been saving homes and nest eggs for the past 14 years, whereas everybody else has been riding the Wall Street roller coaster. And I think it's important for people to understand that even though Wall Street is back, if you lost half of your money during the Great Recession, your nest egg is not back because it takes twice as long to crawl back to even. So it's really important that you always know and do that magic strategy of keeping a percent equal to your age safe, overweight into safety during volatile times, and I do think that this is a volatile time. Make sure that you have some uh, hot industries, that can, some of which can be market contrary. And that's the key here where gold, I think, is strategic, is that when Wall Street goes down, gold goes up, and it goes up, goes up heat in, in a hot way. So having, uh, when you can have some hot on your uh, stock side that can be, I believe, more gold miners than I do the price of gold, because gold miners have retreated 75%, the price of gold is only down 30%. So you have a lot more to gain. So I do have two of my hot Hot slices assigned to gold right now, but there are other areas that are still that are hot as well that could greatly increase in value even if the price of stocks go down. I like materials a lot; they've been very oversold and undervalued. I think um, they also tend to do well when Wall Street isn't doing as well. So, this is like raw materials you're talking about, like uh, iron ore, that kind of thing. What what specific materials do you like? 
Well, you know, one of the easiest ways to get a good play on materials is actually to go ahead and invest in a country, which I like as well, which is Chile. So you can go for, um, you, can, you can look around for funds that are just rich in materials. Um, certainly gold is considered a material, so it's a lot of commodities. Basically, these, we're talking about hard assets that you can buy on Wall Street. And um, those tend to do well mainly because they've been so out of favor. If they were overpriced, I wouldn't like them right now because if, you know, if we do have a retreat in stocks or uh, something like that. And by the way, we have to mention this. We are not expected to go into a recession. Um, we did have a recessionary quarter last quarter, but it's looking good for this um, quarter and for the rest of the year. There's a caveat here. And this is something that we need to talk about a little bit. There's a very high correlation with high oil prices and recessions. And whenever oil prices stay this high for a long period of time, we can expect a recession. It's almost 99% that that has happened since, you know, after the World War II. So, so lately oil prices have been coming down from their peaks of 107 or so down to about 96, 97. That's so is that not low enough. That's not low enough for you. No, okay. that is not low enough. That is still very high when you consider where we were a long time ago. I mean, just two years ago where we were in the 78 position, and yeah. that was high. Eight, I remember, and you probably do too, when we thought that uh, you know, going up to $80 a barrel for oil was going to be you know, killing the economy, and it really is. We still are fueling our economy with free, easy money. So I wouldn't be in a rush to think that we're in a bull market with this 4% GDP that we just got. But at the same time, I wouldn't be in a rush to think that gold is the answer. So I what do are the like catalysts on materials, though? What are the catalysts? Because they have been depressed, basically feeling that there's a world economic slowdown. China's not growing as fast as it was. Europe's kind of in the doldrums. What would be the catalyst to make materials go up sharply from their depressed level now? Well, it's not that we're going to go into a building boom, but the truth is that we still do have to build, and China still does have to build infrastructure. A slowdown is not a stop. And they have been so depressed. I mean, if you go and try to find materials in a lot of funds, you'll find that there's less than 5% out there. They've been so oversold that any amount of um, popularity would really make them rise rapidly. So that's why I believe. I don't believe it's because we're going to go into you know, uh, recessionary times. I, we're not going to do that. I don't think we're going to go into building boom times again. We're not going to do that. But they're oversold and they're underappreciated. And when people start getting freaked out about the high PE levels on the, on the other stocks, particularly technology, but also even the Dow, which has really been have, struggling to keep up, um, you know, they're going to need to go somewhere. And that's the big thing. That's why you know a lot of uh, people on Wall Street think that people are in stocks at all because there's no other game in town. Mm -hmm. So okay, so how would you play materials in Chile? Particularly, is there a Chilean fund or something that you would yeah, like? Yeah, there is. There is. There's an iShares Chilean fund. There's only one that I know of, and the symbol is actually E C H. I uh, also, um, again, you know, just look around, and you you should be able to find uh, materials. Uh, in other countries as well. I like Chile 
because they are the top producer in copper, um, and it is a very materials-rich nation. But another reason why I like Chile is that it's actually in the top 10 of the most free nations in the world, according to the Index of Economic Freedom, and uh, it has very low debt. So you can also start looking at places like Australia. Australia is another materials-rich nation. There are a couple of Australian funds as well. Um, one of them is EWA. And uh, uh, if you want to go for Australian small caps, you would go for EWAS. Now, when you start looking at the Australian funds, you'll find that they have a lot of banks in them, uh, rich in finance. And um, actually, I don't mind that because the Australian banks have been doing far better than most banks. And Australia is another country that's actually rated more free than the U.S. and far lower debt. It's about a third of debt to GDP. Um, Chile is even lower than that. All right, so your hot industries, we have gold is first, materials is second, which you could play yeah. through Chile and Australia. Yeah. So, and what is the fourth? You said there were four hot industries. What is the fourth Well, one? I do love biotechnology, but you have to be careful because that one's getting a little pricey. So um, I would just, I would keep, you know, like if you already own it and you're in the money a little bit, I wouldn't necessarily be taking my profits yet. But um, I wouldn't, I would be a little worried about buying high. So I want you to buy it every, no matter what it is, whether it's a hot industry or a new fund, if you're just getting in, you have to be uh, cognizant that um, we are on a Wall Street roller coaster. So you don't have to rush right out and just purchase it right at this moment. I am a, a big fan of limit orders right now because what I've found is that um, I think, uh, oh, gee, I'm pricing it way too low, and I put in my limit order, and lo and behold, before I turn around there, it's gone down to that. So the markets have been quite volatile, and you can usually be a, what I call a patient buyer and an opportunistic seller. On the biotech side, are there some ETFs, or how would you play biotech? Individual companies or the ETF, how would you do it? Well, I think in your nest egg, you're always going to want to go for funds um, because, you know, going for individual companies requires a lot of babysitting. So for the m most of your audience, you're going to want to look for a good biotechnology fund. And by that, I mean biotech. I don't mean just healthcare. The biotech is the one that's really going gangbusters. Um, there is a company that I like a a lot and I named them as one of my company of the months it's a company called Gilead and they just uh, basically got a pr FDA approval for an uh, a, a cure to hepatitis C this is a game changer for hepatitis C and um, that company has been experiencing revenue growth like un like like no tomorrow and that's uh, this is the first quarter of people even knowing about it because it just got approved back in December mm -hmm. so um, be careful of the prices again I you know I listed this um, a couple months ago and it's already popped up more you know like 15 20 percent so you know be careful of the prices but just understand that even a great company like Gilead, if Wall Street takes a, uh, a dive down because ISIS moves forward and all of a sudden ISIS has headlines for a day. By the way, these headlines change day to day. Today, you know, it's like, oh yeah, we're saving Iraqis and you know, we're doing great and we're strategically bombing and we're not killing children. And so everybody says, oh, yes, America's doing so fantastic. I'll buy stocks. And then tomorrow, you know, there might be a headline that shows ISIS advancing into Baghdad. And then everybody's like, oh, my God, I'm going to sell all my stocks. So you don't want to be the person that's running around on headlines because they do change every single day. And that is that phenomenon is something that you want to be on the right side of, not the wrong side of. 
very easily emotionally to get uh, yanked around, I guess, by the headlines you're saying. I just want to talk briefly about uh, quantitative easing. Now, the Federal Reserve says they're pretty much going to end it by their October meeting. Yes. And then the economy and the stock market's going to be in its own. We've been used to this uh, $85 billion or so of mortgage and, and treasury bond buying for over five years now. Yes. How do you think we're going to do once quantitative eating is over? I'm not sure that we'll see a whole lot of time that quantitative easing is over. And the reason I say that is I was, um, I was speaking with one of my colleagues, Kathy Jones, over at Schwab. And she had done a forensic analysis of Fed policy dating all the way back a, a century. And what she discovered is that there was one other period that's similar to where we are right now. And that was the period post-World War II. We were extremely high debt. We had a lot of quantitative easing. Same kind of Fed policy going on. And what happened is that they did the same thing. They tried to ease, uh, you know, ease out of all this free money. They tried to start you know, letting uh, interest rates go on their own a little bit. And we slid back into a recession, and they had to go back out and start buying bonds again. So um, I think that the, the economy is too precarious. Uh, the Fed's no better than to just let us go out there and do it on our own at this point. They're trying to because they know they have to try to, but at the point where we start looking too vulnerable, which I think would happen, uh, they will start buying again. So, uh, and that's proven itself. That's not Natalie trying to be, you know, like a um, blowhard, uh, you know, goddess of all wisdom here. That's what happened the last time. So we know that uh, our Federal Reserve governors study history. Uh, ben Bernanke was a big, big, big uh, student of what happened in the Depression. That's why we had him in during the Great Recession. So these, these, um, you know, these men and women that are directing our federal policy, they know this information and they're watching it and they're going to monitor it. And when they need to do something, they will do it. And I don't think the economy is uh, really strong enough to stand on its own. So I don't think that we're going to see the babysitting end. Even if they end it, they're going to be close by. How will the markets react if that, in fact, happens? If quantitative easing ends in October, the economy then weakens, and then they have to come back in with more quantitative easing, how will the markets react to that? Well, the interesting thing about all of this is that, you know, the markets react once they get the data, and the data doesn't come out for three months, and the feds know about it before the data actually gets released. So, you know, a lot of this stuff goes on without people really even knowing about it. Um, it, the, the way that the markets know about something is if we actually slide into a recession, if we actually declare war, if uh, you know nine one one happens. So we tend to be as as just the average investor reacting more to headlines. They're reacting and they're going on the data, and the data does not become headlines for two or three months. So I honestly don't think that um, out you know unless there's some act of war or um, you know major weakening in the economy, which if the oil prices do remain persistently high, could occur. Um, you know, I don't think that there's going to be any great surprises here. I think what's going to happen is what's happening, which is we're going to continue to be on a Wall Street roller coaster. You have to be strategic, patient buyer, opportunistic seller. You have to be annually rebalancing at minimum. You have to be buying at good prices, and you have to keep enough safe. You have to be so diversified, and you have to be it, it, again, it sounds like it's uh, difficult. It's easy as a pie chart. It's something you can do once a year instead of worrying about every minute of every day. Very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. Her website is nataliepace.com. We'll be back after this. 
stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait. They just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up the scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales lions and listen to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with host Ty Maynard. You'll learn the tips and strategies of top sales professionals. You'll gain more clients at a faster rate and at higher margins. If you're a sales professional, business owner, or executive, listen in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Listen for exclusive clips from Oprah's upcoming Super Soul Sunday series on Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. Then be sure to watch Oprah's Super Soul Sunday on OWN Network TV at 11 a.m., 10 Central, every Sunday. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. Uh, She runs NatalePace.com. And also tell them about the event you have coming up and the special code you have for the Natalie. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so our investor retreat is October 11th through 13th in the beautiful beach town of Santa Monica, California. It's 12 people in a boardroom setting learning these easy-as-a-pie-chart nest egg strategies hands-on directly from me. So you're going to walk out, walk in with a clue, without a clue or with a cracked nest egg and walk out with a plan that works immediately and for the rest of your life. And, and as you know, they always say, an investment in knowledge never goes down in value, but a lot of people report that they earn back the price of the retreat within a few weeks. It's really a game-changer for you. And we're going to give your, um, your people over $350 discount if they register before the end of August. So use the promo code MONEYANSWERSRETREAT to receive a special price that's $350 savings. And again, if you have any questions about that, just email us or call. You can email info at nataliepace.com or you can call 310-430-2397. Very good. Well, thanks for offering that to the listeners. All right. Now, one of the other big areas you're big on are so-called green stocks, uh, environmentally oriented and solar stocks and so on. You've been at that for a long time. Yeah. Uh, how are those done and what are some uh, companies you like in that space today? Well, I'll tell you, they have been uh, outrageously successful and then sometimes they go under like the famous, infamous Solyndra. So the thing about uh, green stocks as is in any emerging industry. Um, I think, you know, I don't want to get too heady on this, but there's Schumpeter's theories on economic innovation. And what happens in general is this. When we think about the internet, 
uh, back in 2000, what was happening is everybody thought, okay, everybody's going to shop on the internet. No one's going to go to malls. But if you really actually tried shopping on the internet, what you realize is that you couldn't load up your shopping cart before your internet connection crashed because we didn't have the high speed internet. So, um, and that's, that problem meant that all of those companies that were just, you know, getting their IPOs and going, uh, on Wall Street and getting these massive valuations, they weren't able to actually get revenue. And so that whole marketplace died. But in the wake of that, the phoenixes out of that first initial boom and bust were the Googles, um, you know, uh, the Facebooks, that sort of thing. So the second wave out of the ashes of the first crash and burn tends to be the one that's the longer and the more sustained. And that's what we saw in clean energy, is that we saw this big push. There is absolutely a worldwide push to start making things cleaner and greener uh, for many, many, many reasons. We're actually decommissioning nuclear across America at this point because it's become uh, unable to be cost competitive with some of the renewables. So um, it pays to be in these, but you do have to be very cognizant that the industry can be volatile until it becomes the mainstream. And it's not yet mainstream. One of your favorites in the past was SunTech, which I guess did very well, but then it fell after that. It what would be, yeah, What would be one of your favorite solar stocks today? Do you have one? You know, right now, I think they're all a little pricey. So I don't want to mention one because I think that they're fully valued, if not overvalued. But there is a company that I do quite like, a couple of them. So if you're interested, and both of these, by the way, I would have my limit order in place, and I would go ahead and try to buy it at a much lower price than it is today. Cree lighting is LED lighting. And that is something that is really shifting very rapidly because the same bulb can be producing just like a 100-watt bulb, but only using 15 watts. It's good for you to use in your home. It's also good for businesses. So businesses, like I was just at the Ritz-Carlton in Denver last year, I mean last week, and they're going to switch out every single room to LED lighting. The local utility is paying them to do it, and their payback on that is six to nine months. And then their payback for the rest of the time thereafter is that they're using about 15% of the energy that they were using before. That's a huge cost savings. In fact, they saved over $100,000 last year on their utility bill and that was before this whole renovation. So Cree lighting is one that I like a lot. I also like a few of the utilities, believe it or not. Um, I'm going to look up one to give you the name of it because I don't want to give you the wrong wrong name. So These I'll are utilities that are benefiting from uh, green energy one way or the other by doing it themselves? By investing in it themselves. Uh, yeah, they're just leading the pack on it. And the really great thing about the utilities is they do tend to do better in these volatile times. And they're one of the uh, companies that are paying dividends where you're not taking on higher risk in order for that dividend payment. Okay. Um, so other than solar, are there other kind of alternative energy companies in addition to Cree that you would like at this point? Well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be looking at those. So if you're really super interested in just investing in clean energy, then please go ahead and sign up for my newsletter for free. You will Over the next six months, we're going to have a lot of them there. We've had a lot over the last year as well. But one thing I want to talk about in this area, and even though it's not going to be something you can invest in in your portfolio, it's going to put money back in your pocket. Every dollar that you don't give to somebody else is a good dollar earned in today's environment where you, bonds are paying nothing and they're vulnerable. 
You know, I interviewed an, an electrical engineer at NASA along with a few handymen. And what I discovered is that they pay 10% on their utility bills compared to what most people pay. And so what I did is I had all of them give me their tips. And then I put those tips in my book, The ABCs of Money. So if you want to reduce your electric bill by 90%, and for most people that adds up to more than $3,000 every single year, you're not going to get that kind of yield on, on hardly any bond that you go out there to get. That is money you can save, and the amount of money that you're going to have to put in to try to get that savings back is going to be so low. It's not generating your own power. It's learning how to do simple behavior adjustments that have no change in your lifestyle at all. And maybe Why don't you just give us one example, Natalie? You don't have to give them all, but just give us one example of a, a, a habit you could change to save a lot of energy. Okay, one well, they're like what we call energy vampires, and then there are other things that we just leave on all the time. So like our, let's just say for instance, those people that plug in their cell phones, they have their cell phone chargers in the whole time. It's not an energy vampire, in other words, it's not a lot of wattage, but while you have that in, even if you don't have your phone plugged into it, they just leave it plugged in, that is actually using energy. So put all of your computer devices and all of your of chargers on one of those strips that you can just turn it off. You don't need to be charging your computer the whole time. That is just wasting energy. Lights on when you go in the room, lights off when you exit the room. But even more than that, you can look at the, the other things that are energy vampires. So a lot of us work eight-hour days. We're gone. And that whole time, we'll have our water heater just churning and churning and churning and making the water hot. You don't really need it to do that. If you have it on a timer, then you're going to save a whole lot of money. Um, a lot of us do now smaller loads of laundry because we have, you know, we separated into all these different things. Well, that's okay because you can do the, you know, but just know that that's another energy vampire. Why not dry them all together instead of doing those same small loads one at a time in the dryer? So these are all simple things that don't even add up to a lifestyle shift at all. But they could save just literally ninety percent off your phone, uh, off your electrical bill. Another, Excellent. yeah, another thing that I want you to think about though is insulation, because sometimes insulating around your windows, um, you know, just preventing the drafts in your home that it, that may cost you a hundred or a couple hundred bucks, and it could be saving you thousands every year. Excellent. Uh, you mentioned briefly the ABC's Money, your book. Um, we're going to get into it in more detail after the break, but just give us a sense of what kind of things people can learn about in the ABCs of Money and how they can get a copy of it. Okay, great. So, you know, it basically is intended to be the ABCs of Money that we all should have received in high school. It covers how to reduce your debt faster than any other fix. It, recover, it covers the Thrive budget, which works much better than the Buried Alive and Bills budget, which most people are operating under. It covers stocks bonds, gold, hard assets, um, and even how to reduce your energy bill by 90%. So if you get the book, it is guaranteed to give you money immediately. You can get the paperback, I think, for 15 bucks on Amazon. You can actually download the ebook for free if you go there now. Um, it's not going to be free forever. And um, yeah, it, everybody should have it. It's been, you know, it's got over uh, 50 five-star ratings. It's receiving, you know, incredible uh, praise. And uh, the ch chairman of TD Ameritrade wrote the forward to it. And so uh, they can also get it at your website at nataliepace.com, correct? That's, yeah, that's pretty much the easiest. If you go to nataliepace.com, you'll see the book cover there. Just click on it and it'll take you right over to Amazon to purchase it. One of the sections you have in that book is what you call good debt versus bad debt. 
What are some examples of good debt and bad debt? Well, definitely education is the highest correlating factor with income. So education can be what we call a good debt. Like, for instance, my niece, who is a doctor, complains about having $250,000 in debt. You know, she spent over, what, nine years in school, both through, you know, university and medical school. But she makes over $100,000 a year. And that's opposed to, you know, someone who didn't graduate from high school who's very likely to be unemployed. The unemployment rate difference between uh, someone who has a PhD or a master's degree compared to someone who didn't graduate from high school is huge. During the Great Recession, if you had a PhD or a master's degree, you were employed. It was like less than 2% unemployment. If you were not, if you didn't graduate from high school, you were unemployed. And there was about 17% unemployment plus the difference in how much money you make. So that's one example of good debt. Although I do recommend you consider those junior colleges because you can cut the price of your university education in half if you go and you really kill it at a university, I mean at a junior college and then transfer into a university because that can be your best most cost uh, effective. In fact, that's what I did when I was a kid and that's what my son just did. And uh, you come out with the exact same diploma for half the price. So, you know, you don't have to necessarily take on all of that debt. As a lot of people take on a lot of student loans these days. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. Her website is nataliepace.com. Her book is called The ABCs of Money and we'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at voiceamericatrn or twitter.com forward slash voiceamericatrn. Houston Real Estate Radio with Shannon Register. Tuesdays at 10 Eastern, 1 Pacific on Voice America's Variety Channel. As we have transitioned into a healthier housing market, supply has not been able to keep up with demand. Appraisals have struggled to keep up with rising prices, and lenders have overcorrected their loose lending practices. We track all this and more so you don't have to. HoustonRealEstateRadio.com Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. 
She's the author of a book called The ABCs of Money. Uh, she also has various investment ideas, and her website is nataliepace.com. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Thanks for having me. We talked about good debt being uh, education debt. What are some examples of bad debt that people get themselves into they really shouldn't? Well, you know, I, what I think is unfortunate uh, is that once we get out on our own, we kind of go at, at our budget backwards. We get a job. We try to find a place to live close to the job that we like. We try to find the car that we want. And what we realize, then we have to get insurance on the car. Then we have to get medical insurance. And we have to start, you know, getting our utilities paid. And we have to buy our groceries. And what happens is that we have, we basically at that point have maxed out our budget. And, we, and the reason is that we didn't even know that we had a budget. We're just trying to live life. And life has become more expensive. What I've realized is that my son is out there trying to find a place to live and do all this stuff. He's looking at places that are four times the price of what I had to look at you know, when I was his age. And he is getting paid the same wages that I got paid back then. So wages have stagnated. Prices have ex escalated. So if you do not operate under the Thrive budget, then you're doing what I call making everybody else rich without even knowing about it. So the idea of debt in America, we're at $12 trillion consumer debt in America. And that is, in my view, because you know, that we have gone out into the world with that uh, attitude, like, okay, I'll get my job, I'll get my house, I'll get my car, I'll, get, I'll do this and I'll do that. And life overwhelms us. And before we know it, in order for us to even buy shoes, we have to put it on a credit card. So um, the obvious thing here is that, yes, we are drowning in credit card debt. Yes, we have oh, way too much debt. The solution isn't, let's figure out how we can get out of debt. The solution really is Let's get a Thrive budget going that allows us to have fun, to buy clothes, to um, be charitable, to educate ourselves, and to contribute to our tax-protected retirement plans. That's another thing, too, is that I get a lot of people that will say, oh, you know what? I'm going to start saving my money once I pay off my debt. And I say, you know what? Why are you going to make the debt collector rich before you provide for your own future? Mm -hmm. So explain this, this idea of the Thrive Budget a little bit more. Because as you say, people's incomes are not going yeah. up that much, but their expenses are in many cases more than their incomes. and They're making up the difference with debt. So how do you turn that around? Well, you have to realize that it, the world is what it is. That is the truth. It's not against you. The truth is that wages have stagnated and expenses have escalated. So once you accept that as a truth and not something that someone has done to you, then you can go about realizing, well, okay, well, how can I thrive in this, per, in this, um, you know, in this uh, situation? And the truth is that the way that you can thrive is, first off, you should always be putting 10% of your income into a tax-protected retirement account. The reason is not just to compound your gains, although that's the big, that is a big reason. The other reason is that it's financial predator-proof. If you get in trouble for any reason, where you have to give back your home, you lose your job, whatever it is that might occur, that money is yours to keep. That's your lifeboat. It doesn't matter what happens to you. You could even have to declare bankruptcy. They can't tap your retirement accounts. So that's money that becomes your golden goose that is protected the best from all sorts of financial predators. You must be doing that. You must learn how to compound your gains. So and then you would have the, the Roth IRA. What would be your favorite way of doing that? Well, actually, all of the above, whatever way you need to do it. 
if you have a job where you can do it in a 401k, do it. it. But oftentimes do it up until what they'll match. So maybe they'll only match 6%. And the additional 4% that you, because I want you to do 10%. The additional 4% might be a Roth. It might be a, uh, you know, for self-employed people, it might be a Sapphira. Uh, for other people, most people are not considering health savings accounts. If you're healthy and you're paying an arm and a leg for high, de- I mean, for low deductible health insurance, you should absolutely be considering a high deductible and a health savings account. It acts like a retirement account. If you open it up at an online discount brokerage instead of at an insurance company, you can actually invest that money for for even greater gains and compound your gains. So um, getting this information, and again, that's why I wrote the ABCs of money. Because if you set your life up right, and that means 50% to survive and 50% to thrive. So paying yourself first in those tax-protected retirement accounts, being charitable. Uh, honestly, a lot of people think, oh, well, I'll be charitable after I pay off all my bills. Every job and promotion that I've received and almost all of the capital and human capital support I've received has become about directly as a result of my charitable contributions, both money and hum- you know my volunteering. That's where you find your people. Um, education, we already talked about the value of that. That's the highest correlating factor with income. If you want to make sure you don't have that, you have, um, you know, you don't lose a job, or if you do lose a job, that you actually can go up the ladder instead of going down a few rungs. Is education is a key to that? So these are all important. And by the way, if you're not having any fun, then chances are you have too much stress in your life. That's not only going to age you; it's also going to make you unhealthy, which means you have to spend more on health care, and that's a downward spiral as well. So being fun, fun saves you money in a certain way as far as health. Fun uh, saves you a lot of money. <laughs> uh, let's talk about real estate, which is another area you have in your uh, book, The ABCs of Money. Yeah. Um, you talk about the real estate problems people have and uh, if they're underwater and income property and if they're underwater. In general, the real estate market has rebounded in the country, but not everywhere. How should people go about making the right real estate decisions? Well, first of all, you have to 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 uh, read the book because if you're getting your advice, uh, you know, you how to reduce debt from the debt collector, or you know, how to figure out what to do with your mortgage from the bank. What you're getting is their advice of how you're going to make them rich. If you want to figure out how you can benefit yourself the best then you need to read the book and understand that if you own income property, it's actually a business. So if you bought uh, at a price that and it's now massively underwater and you've been working for five or six years hoping it's going to recover and you've been paying into it and you've been working, working, working and the, the, the rent doesn't even cover it, you're basically working for free for the bank to make them rich. You need to read this book. And a lot of people say, well, I made a promise. Well, the truth is you made a mistake. And the bank made a mistake, too, because, by the way, they loaned you that money, and they did an analysis of the marketplace. And, in fact, when you think back about at that moment, the bank and the mortgage dealer and the real estate broker, all of them may have actually encouraged you to buy more than you could afford, or they may have given you data that turned out to be wrong. So um, a lot of people are having a lot of pride and a lot of, I made a promise that I'm not going to renege on, um, when in so are you saying that people should be walking away if they're underwater because they made a mistake and the bank made a mistake? What I'm saying is the ABCs of Money real estate section can give you options. Every circumstance is different. 
So it's not always the right answer to walk away, and it's not always the right answer to hang on. It has many, many things to do with it. But a lot of people are just saying, oh, well, if I walk away, my FICO score goes down. The truth is, sometimes if you hang on, your FICO score goes down because if the, that property is going down in value, then your debt-to-assets ratio is going down, which reduces your FICO score as well. So you could be paying on time religiously and have your FICO score in the toilet because the price and the value of the property is going down. So what you should really be getting is getting smart and making decisions as if it were a more business than um, a lot of people are doing, which is just to say, um, you know, I, sh I, I should have known better and I'm going to make good on my promise and I don't want my FICO score to go down because you, you basically are, are, not, are clueless on what really is going on here. And you should be making the decision from a point of knowledge and wisdom rather than being vulnerable and getting your advice from the person that's benefiting from you not having good wisdom and good knowledge and good information. We have about a minute to go, so just kind of briefly wrap up, Natalie. What kind of a difference would it make in people's lives if they take some of the advice you've had in ABCs of Money and get into some of the investments that you're talking about as opposed to what they're doing now? All I can tell you is that over the past 14 years, we've seen two hellacious recessions, and during that time, um, my subscribers have mostly been singing my praises. So um, it transforms your life. Once you look, the Thrive budget immediately transforms your life because instead of living off of credit cards, you're going to have a sustainable budget that includes fun and allows you to pay off your credit cards twice as fast. Um, once you start investing with me, that's going to be a lot of fun too because we've had, as we've talked about, look, I'm not saying this to brag. We're proud of the hard work that we do and these systems work and they're easy as a pie chart. So just learn it. It, it definitely transforms your life. That We have you know hundreds of thousands of people that have downloaded the ABCs of money that prove it to be true. So join the crew. And just tell them last time for the, uh, the offer you're making for the upcoming seminar you've got. Okay, great. So Money Answers Retreat is the promo code. You're going to get a savings of $350 off the regular individual price now through the end of August only. And uh, this is for only for your people. So they have to use that retreat. They have to be listening to the radio show to know this promo code. And um, we'd love to have you. And if you want to try us out for six months free on my easy and my stock picks, then just use Money Answers at NataliePace.com. You can join us there using Money Answers, and that will give you six months free of the easy. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Natalie Pace. She is the author of The ABCs of Money, and you can find out more about her and her websites and seminars and so on at NataliePace.com. Thanks so much for being on The Money Answer Show, Natalie. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks again, and we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.